This is Frontierland with Dr. Dean Allen. Nelson Mandela once said that the greatest glory in living lies not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. Rhys Soroti is on a mission. Motivated by major challenges in her own life, she would like every woman in South Africa to have a voice. She is the founder of She Speaks SA, and when you hear a story, you won't fail to be inspired. Enjoy. Before we get on to your inspiring story, Ree, I feel we should declare to everyone listening here that we are actually working together here in South Africa on a project called Our Nation, Our Stories. Can you explain briefly what that's about? Um, Our Nation, Our Stories is just really giving um, a platform for us to engage in positive um, dialogue, um, really discussing about stories that are happening in our nation. Um, For instance, we are also... um, have a project with the Makomas where we actually going to be speaking about the story that they've their their family story. So um it's just really positive dialogue, really talking about our country and also the stories that people have, especially telling it in a very unique way. Um because it is going to be um yourself Dean and um either a rapper or um an artist or a poet that's going to actually have that dialogue um and bring people in to discuss what is actually going in our nation. Well, it's certainly going to be an exciting journey, that's for sure, and I'm looking forward to working on that. But I think it's a credit to you that despite us working together, of course, on this project, you never really spoke of the incredible challenges you've faced personally in recent years. I want you to tell us all now about your journey and specifically the year 2020, because it was a year that would change your life, isn't it? No, absolutely. Um, but before we go into 2020, I just want to just give background about myself. I am um, an events coordinator by profession. Um, that is one of my passions. And um, I was doing events for a college called Rosebank College, where I actually did um, events for about 2,000 to 3,000 students. Um, and then that's really where my passion started. And then I grew and wanted to just really share my wings, like spread my wings. And I went into Lido Hotel where I was doing um, a sales and marketing position. And from there with sales and marketing and um, doing events, I really saw that I can really branch then into graphic design because I mean, with events, you have to um, design um, posters and all. So I actually also self um, taught myself in, in graphic design. So that's just a little background about me. And in the year 2020, um, that's when I actually found out that I have, was diagnosed with breast cancer and um, was stage four, and also found out that I was pregnant with my daughter. So it was chemotherapy um, whilst pregnant. And also everybody was telling me that um, I would not be able to make it. My child won't be able to make it. And also I need to think of actually getting um a well getting a a what's this an abortion so um it just was just really really it was crazier for me <laughs> you'd already faced the challenge of cancer a few years earlier so this was returning so i mean it was it must have been a devastating news i mean what a what a moment in your life no absolutely um because i mean in 2017 we did the the chemo and everything was fine. I was fine. And um, funny enough, I also didn't um, react to chemo the same way other people reacted to chemo. Like with the chemo, even now in 2020, in, in now in 2022, 
because like I could still walk, run, play with, you know, just do whatever I wanted to do. Um, I Sometimes I think that I didn't really go through the proper process of being, um, having cancer and the chemo because what people are saying and what I'm experiencing is totally, totally different, you know. So I think I, I am lucky in that sense, looking at it because, I mean, people complain how bad it really is. So I'm um, young. Yeah. So you had that challenge in 2017 and then here we are, you thought you're clear and then in 2020 it's come back. But not only that, you've got the news that you're carrying a child, which is the most incredible news for anybody in their life journey. Yet you've got to deal with this as well. How did you get through this? I believe you've got a strong faith, but you've also got some amazing people around you. No, absolutely. Um, as you were saying about having my strong faith, um, I thank God for really actually getting me through it because alone pregnancy isn't an easy journey. And then now also the cancer um, and especially just the mentality of having to go through the pregnancy with um, taking chemotherapy. Like for me, that that was my biggest decision to say, am I going to do it or not? And I had to really like, you Dean, like, I feel that I, I really put my daughter through a lot through that because, I mean, chemotherapy is just, it's not any, it's not child's play, you know. But, I mean, for my for my sanity, my friends and family were there, and they really helped me through in terms of going, you know, you can really make it, you can do it, and also uplifting me to say, you can do this. So I did take the chance and I did take um, use my faith to say, I am going to do it. And as much as she came out very small, she was seven point, um, no, sorry, 0 0.98 um, kilograms. So, she, like, whenever, when I opened the blanket, when I saw her, I was just like, oh, my goodness, where's the rest of her? Because I actually only saw her three days after because I was also rushed to ICU. And then I was also rushed to high care because um, I also had heart failure when... Um, like two days before my birth plan, I had heart failure. So they knew that I wasn't going to be able to give birth um, to her um, like normal birth. But um, so then they put me under anesthetic and yeah, they put me under anesthetic. And so challenging yeah, for me, it really was. Incredible stuff, really. I mean, tell me about your relationship with your daughter. I mean, beautiful child now, of course. She should, she truly could be called a miracle child, couldn't she? No, absolutely. Um, whenever I look at her, I just see her as a, um, God's definition of love, um, protection, guidance, um, and wisdom. Because a lot of people thought that she wasn't going to be able to um, have a proper, proper life because her health was... Um, was was in danger but right now she's running she's playing she is one of the healthiest kids um she's also not a problem as well people thought she was going to be crying and just be so difficult but she is the easiest child there is um when we were when she was still young she would sleep throughout the night um and like feeding was an absolute pleasure because she would eat just like her mama <laughs> um she eats everything and easily so so i mean for me she's actually really taught me a lot as well looking at her in terms of the dedication that she had in terms of wanting to come out and face this world um 
I saw that as, you know, in anything that we do, anything that we do looking go, look, going forward, is we do it with a lot of dedication. And no matter what happens or what you're faced with, you can get through it. Um, because she came out having that that spirit. And I feel it even when she does things around the house, you know. She doesn't have that, I'm going to give up mentality. She's like, I want to do this and I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I've, I've learned a lot of lessons from her. And just the love that she has, it's just amazing. Like, the days where she just comes and gives me a hug and so much better. I'm sorry. I do get quite emotional when I speak about my daughter because I really feel what I've put her through is is a lot. But she's looking at me going, like, it's fine. I'm here and I'm healthy. So I'm proud of myself and her in that sense. Well, you've got every right to be emotional, of course, and I I know where she gets her spirit from, that's for sure. But what I find most inspirational about your story, Ree, is it has actually led you to create a platform for other women in this country to actually express themselves. Tell me about She Speaks SA. Okay. Um, with She Speaks SA, the reason why I started it is because, obviously, of my journey. When I was going through everything, um, I never saw a place where you can actually um, go and they can say, you know what, you'll be fine. Um, anything positive really about um, the situation that I was in. Like I remember I saw, um, because the, my oncologist that I normally see wasn't available, so I, I went and saw another doctor and he looked at me and he said, oh girl, you are a hot mess. There's nothing that I can do for you because you are, it's the cancer and this is whilst I was still pregnant. It's the cancer, you're pregnant, you got high blood pressure, I don't know what to give you. So it was, it was everything was just, so negative around me and i just saw that women need a voice in order for them to be able to get through things you know so for me she speaks they say is really a self um healing through self-expression and i've seen myself i've also actually healed um and still healing because i'm able to number one tell my story and also to be around positive women because women are really going through a lot and for them to actually still come out of it going I can do this. I can overcome. I have overcome. It's really encouraging. And I'm hoping to encourage as many women around the world, actually, as possible. Um, because we need to have a strong network of women believing that we can get through our, our um, challenges that we, that we go through. And we get, get through them a lot um, together, you know. So it's really providing a platform for women to be really honest and vulnerable about their challenges and seeing how they can actually overcome their challenges. You work with other women on this, of course. You're a team, and I've heard your colleague Talita Van Veek describe what you do as women empowerment. However, your monthly topics actually do involve men as well when it's relevant, isn't it? Um, how does that how does that work? And uh, more importantly, how can people find more about what you do here? Okay, absolutely. Um, the reason why I think that we've um, gotten more male listeners as well is because one guy actually said to me that even though you guys are an empowerment woman empowerment um company you never bashed men so it's easier for men to come and listen to you guys um and also get experience from what you guys are going through and also them also change their perspective on how they treat women and that's what we're really all about we talk about our challenges but we're not going to bash men um we're not main bashes you know um and also even even 
like not just men bashes, but like with anything. We're not gonna. We don't want to look at the negative side of anything. We want to look at the positive side. So it gives men also a chance to be able to hear where we're coming from, and also um see hopefully change perspective of of um our issues really. So that's the really the biggest thing why men also are attract well not attracted but are wanting to listen to our online conversations and um where they can get a hold of us we are, do have a facebook and we all are, we are on all our social media platforms it's facebook um instagram and um linkedin it's she speaks essay and then also they can go to our website it's www.shespeaksessay.com now you you provide some fantastic work counseling workshops i've noticed going back to that uh, the dynamic here in south africa i mean we we are aware of domestic abuse and those kind of things why do you think in particular we suffer from this culture of women not having this platform or, or not being able to speak out um i think it's because we we never believe that we can have a proper voice where we can um, actually speak because I mean we do go through gender equality we're still going through the hardships of that I mean women um, in the workplace their voice isn't heard if a man comes and overrides what they've said and also within the home platform and now I'm going to really in a cultural setting really because I mean with uh, a black family it's not really like a man is they are the head of the family you know and they say 98%, well, 95%, especially it's focused on gender equality, that it's not seen as equal as yet. Females don't really have a voice as yet. Um, when you go into a meeting, everybody is very quick to listen to a man, what they've said, than actually what a woman, what a woman has said. So I really just want to promote the fact that women can actually speak in a setting that is... Um, there's they, they can be very safe around and see how we can change that. I mean, one of our topics that we are going to, I'm um, going to last, we did it this year as women in the workplace, and we're also going to do it next year and actually do it on a three month um, basis to see like that is to really to show, like teach women on how to actually open your mouth and um, to be able to speak within a boardroom setting where it is male dominated or be able to have, make sure that your voice does get heard, but not in an arrogant way or a proudful way, but in a way that people will actually listen and also men will actually listen. Because, I mean, for instance, if you have a, a man that's the boss or you've got ma- you in a male-dominated um, workspace, females just feel so, like, I can't say anything because it's going to already be taken away from, from me because there's more men than, than anything else. And I think as well, um, Dean, that there's already a, uh, when it comes to men, they've got this togetherness already where it's, they might not even know, and I might be wrong. People can, can come back to me and say, like, we can open this up for discussion in the future. But men already have that, there's collaboration with them. Even if a man doesn't know you, he will have your back. Even if a man doesn't know you, he will speak up for you. And I don't think there, there's that enough of that within females. Like, again, I might get backlash for this, but 
I think there's more competition amongst females than there is amongst men. So it's harder for them to already have that unity to say, look, our voices are going to be heard. So I really, like, she speaks is there to also try and change that narrative, to say that we can grow a, a strong network of females that can um, really speak about their problems and then see a way forward in doing so. As you said, it's about changing the narrative. It's about opening communication, um, which is exactly what you're doing. But I think the most remarkable thing, Ree, about about yourself is the fact that you've got a lot on your plate at the moment and you've got challenges and you've had challenges, of course, but you're actually looking at the bigger picture here. So what's next for you? What is the, what's the future look like? Um, because you're a very positive person. I can see you're very busy. You're getting busy with this project, that's for sure. You've got a youngster to look after as well. How do you see the next 10 years? Okay, first of all, my future is very bright. <laughs> Even though I am currently still um, going through um, chemotherapy um, because this, the, the cancer isn't gone yet. Um, but I am very hopeful because it was in my bones. It was because it spread. It was in my bones. It was in my breast because it was obviously breast cancer. Um, and then it was in my lungs. So it's not in my bones and my breast anymore. It's just we just now focusing in my lungs. So um, I am also looking at um, growing She Speaks, obviously, um, to be on a platform, a global platform. And also I am looking at um, raising my daughter and taking her to graduation and seeing her walk down the aisle um, by with her father. I am looking forward to that. I also want to be a grandmother <laughs> because I also want to spoil my daughter's kids. Um, and I think for me, life is, is, is what you make of it, you know? And as you said, in terms of me being a positive person, I am going to make sure that the next 10 years is going to be every day appreciating the fact that, number one, I'm alive, and every day appreciating the fact that I can open my eyes and just be thankful that I can put my one foot in front of the other, you know? Um, especially also with the project that I'm doing with you, there's so many exciting things that are going to be happening and I am looking forward to being a part of every single one of those exciting things. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I don't want to suffer from FOMO, so I'm definitely going to be around positive people because I've seen with these positive stories through She Speaks has really changed my, my mindset, you know, my perspective in terms of being able to do whatever you put your, your, your mind to, you know. So these next 10 years is number one, making sure I am healthy, making sure that I look after my body, making sure I look after myself, growing She Speaks and also growing our nation, our stories, and also enjoying every bit of um, every moment with my daughter. Life is indeed precious. You're an inspiration, not only to me, but I hope everybody listening. And uh, no, you're, you're not going anywhere. We need you too much. There's too much to do, isn't there, in this world? Um, I, I think the, the, work you're, the work you're doing uh, with, with gender equality especially, but the fact that you're a communicator, you can see the, the wider purpose of why we're here on this planet. And uh, you've inspired me in our time together, and I hope uh, your story's inspired everybody. Thank you so much for your time today, and, uh, and give that daughter of yours a hug from me, won't you? I definitely will. Thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. That was Frontierland with Dr. Dean Allen. For more podcasts, visit algoafm.co.za.